Did you get your sushi last night? I did, but not till around 11 p.m. So I noticed that it was a pretty late sushi order that you. It was. It was a tragic moment in the night because I thought I was gonna. I was thinking to myself, "Okay, it's fine. I can eat while I'm writing," and then that never happened. (laughs) What kind of sushi did you get? Oh, I am a, a spicy crab and a spicy salmon with edamame. It's my standard order, order Misha. Okay, okay. That's good. I have I have a question for you before we start. Sure. And This is before we start? Yeah. <laughs> before we start. And don't, cool. and don't take this the wrong way, but my question is, are you a robot? Because you post a lot of articles. <laughs> See, and I, it doesn't I, matter what time it is. I Well, okay, last night was an exception, but sometimes I've actually had to kind of like take it back a bit because <laughs> it was just too much and I need to like live my life. But then when I go on my vacations, it turns out to be a terrible <laughs> choice and crazy things happen. Like I think actually my coworkers say that I'm cursed or some witch cursed me because I think my re- most recent vacation – uh, they announced the Space Force the day, like the first day I was on vacation. And I, I you can't even make this stuff up anymore. <laughs> every every time that you say, oh, I'm going to be out for two weeks, I'm like, yes, <laughs> there's such a good thing coming in the very imminent future. Exactly. Well, I'm about to go to Paris for um, a week in late October. So just oh, shit. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Man. Uh, Jake, I always end up skipping the beer segment on this yes, show. Yes, you do. Or drink segment. I always jump right into it. So I'm going to remember tonight, Lauren, you're actively drinking right now. Yeah. So I'm putting you on the spot. What are you drinking? Uh, Shiner Bach. It is the go-to Texas drink, as I am from Texas. <laughs> and it's the best beer you can drink, in my opinion. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Throwing down. <laughs> That's also a very Texas way to start the... Uh... Start the conversation. Cool. Okay. So, like, you know how there's certain moments in time when you, there's certain days when you drink a particular drink that's just like resonating with your current day? Sure. Yes. Does that mean, <laughs> might not make any sense? I was at this wedding once outside of Baltimore and it was about 100 degrees and they had those Ruby Redbirds. Mm. I think they're Shiner Ruby Redbirds. Yeah. And I drank uh, so many of those and they were so refreshing. And it's like, one of those things that I'm just like, every time I drink that, I'm like, oh, I remember exactly where I was when I was drinking this. And it was super oh, that good. That sounds delightful. So. Yeah. Anytime I introduce a Shiner to somebody, they always fall in love with it. So I just contend it's the best beer that you can drink. I'm going to have to look for that. I would notice that this was the second show in a row that Jake has had a distinct comment about our guests. <laughs> and I am taking issue with it. Ah, I got so... I got characterized inappropriately on the last time because <laughs> I like Belgian beer. And anyway, we're not going to get into it. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get into it. What do you got? What do you got tonight to write your room? All right. So uh, I was thinking a lot about um, 
the moon last night, as I'm sure many were. And so I picked up this is uh, uh, Salt Salt Spring Island Ales, which is like a Salt Springs, like um, one of the many Gulf Islands kind of off the coast of Vancouver. And this is the Earl Grey. That's a different Gulf than we're oh. used to. Yeah. So you got to really specify. Yeah, Earl Grey IPA. And it's got a little hat on it. And it's typical Vancouver. It's a very large bottle. Yeah, that's very Six- let me see that again. Bring that back close to the camera. Let me see that. 650 milliliters, which is like a, a, a 4,000 ounces or something. I don't know the conversion. Maybe not that much. It's a lot. It's a lot. Anyway, so here we go. I always do the pour. Oh, nice. This is like, I use like the same glass every time, too. This is going to start to become a... You do. It's always the Oilers glass, and it's always a large, oversized <laughs> bottle of beer. And he always does the opening right in the mic. Nice. Cool. Oh, this is fragrant. <laughs> well, that's delightful. Okay. Does it taste like Earl Grey tea? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to wonder. Like, what, what's the deal? It's like kind of a little... sour taste for a beer, but I'll trust you. It's like a little sweet and... Hmm. Ooh, mm, okay. Yeah, I need to think about this one. None of that sounded like a great reaction. No, 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 honestly. no, good thing. Like, I need to, I need to, I need to, like, process it. It's good, though. I like it. All right. So I went down to my little local shop, and I found a beer from the local brewery, Victory. I guess sort of local. It's outside of Philly. That I hadn't tried before. It seems to be a seasonal one called Mighty Things. Uh, it's an Imperial IP, IPA. It's a pretty rad logo Is as that well. Like, it's, a, it's a hop. No, it's a hop. Oh. But I mean, I guess it could be an artichoke. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> but let me just... So Victory is uh, from Downingtown, PA, outside of Philadelphia. And I was like, Mighty Things. I haven't seen that before. Let me look it up. And it says that it's from May to August 2018. So I'm a little late, I guess. I haven't seen it on the shelves before. Um, but I guess the founders were really into Teddy Roosevelt for some reason. Uh, and they have this quote on the website that I'm going to start the show off with. And then we'll see where it goes. Okay. Far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. Wow. This feels kind of relevant. It feels like the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Oh, man. Are we getting a. What is our okay? So we we were had an email thread and we were like, what are we going to talk about? And Lauren was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, there's not really that much going on. I know it's all my fault. I made this happen. I'm so sorry. Yeah, she's she's like, well, I guess there's nothing to talk about. We'll just like talk about my rad internet space show, <laughs> and that's that's about it. What is our plan here? Because we got this big SpaceX thing. Yeah. That. What are we doing here? I mean. Okay, we'll, if we talk about this, though, it's it's going to be wrong by tomorrow morning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is, wait, are we live? We're live right now, but when are we posting this podcast later? Oh, if we're talking about this, I'm posting it in like single digit okay. hours or else there's like a sh- very short shelf life on this. <laughs> yeah, we can't be past Monday or we'll be wrong. <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean i guess my biggest question is is this one of the people that they had originally said was going to ride on the falcon heavy 
or is it a completely new customer? And if it is a completely new customer, what happened to those people that were riding on the Falcon Heavy? Because I really want to know what happened to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like, <laughs> I, I've been noticing, here's here's a trend like that's really interesting to me, is like, the the more press releases we get from not just SpaceX, mostly SpaceX, but a lot of these places now, it's like really, really fast and loose with the truth. It's like, here's the thing that we're going to say. It's like, well, what about this? It's like, shh, it's okay. It's fine. It's, <laughs> we just want to say this because we think it'd be a good time to say it. And it's like, oh, oh all right. Yeah, I do. Pat think- keep Pat in the chat keeps saying funding secure yeah. <laughs> in response to all this, and it's just the perfect it's the perfect take on this situation. I do it really think is. The timing of these announcements are something to think about too. If you remember, the last Falcon Heavy announcement was made right when Trump had become president, and there was a lot of discussion about putting people on the first flight of the SLS, and it just seemed very. Peculiar that, oh, we're going to announce that we're doing a lunar flight to at the end of 2018 before the SLS flight. So I think these decisions or these announcements are definitely, uh, they come at a time of great political importance. And I'm wondering what the motivation is for right now. Yeah. Yeah. That other one was like the same week. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a weird close. week. It was very close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I... I'll say this up front, that SpaceX is having a fairly rough end of the year, <laughs> though you wouldn't know it. Like, they, they seem... There's a lot... They had a great start of the year, Falcon Heavy, and they had a pretty good pace. They got the Black 5 launched. They recovered it. It seemed to go pretty well. There's a lot under the surface right now where, like, GPS is pretty delayed. The The Falcon Heavy Air Force flight is, like, pretty 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 delayed even beyond what they've announced so far um crew seems good seems like they do have a lot of focus on crew but there's seems to be something yeah the whole elon situation is another topic entirely i think yeah but it's been a weird couple of months and there's even some like block five falcon nine delays that are hard to explain that they're still having some issue that they're not really talking about things seem to be going slower so it if it wasn't lined up directly with like the yearly updates i would be a lot more worried about the fact that it's like a big flashy thing at the same time as "Eh, there might be some problems here that makes me kind of nervous yeah i think yeah i think it's important to note you know spacex is doing so well i mean like you said they look like they're doing well on the outside So I think maybe this is a moment to kind of remind people of like, you know, Elon created SpaceX and here's a, here we can talk about like how um, aspirational our goals are and how big we're going to go. And, and yeah, it's, it has been a while since SpaceX has had something like really flashy like this since I think, I think their last big thing, what was like the, the block five launch. Right. I mean, yeah, Mayish. Mayish, and right. then and then the commercial crew keeps getting delayed. So yeah, I think it's more of kind of keeping them in the conversation yeah. and <clears throat> keeping Elon in kind of a more good light. It's very yeah. like it's very almost <laughs> it's it's exact same a kind of a good light. Yeah, a good light. <laughs> How about a better light? <laughs> 
it's it's very like indicative of the behavior you would see from someone running for office though you know like keeping your brand like top of <laughs> like it it's yeah, yeah it's very similar yeah hmm. i guess they had the whole, the whole fairing problems too right which is like supposed to be a big splash and then was oh, was a splash <laughs> oh but I'm, even then I- I'm about to hang up skype that was terrible <laughs> I, I don't think that was bad. I think that was fun. You know, like we all, I think the thing that draws people to SpaceX is that they try new and ambitious things. And even if they don't work out, it's still fun and exciting to follow. So I know, I, even though that didn't work out, it still seemed like a positive to me. So I wouldn't necessarily consider that a negative. It, maybe they perceive it as one, but that was more fun. It's like, well, we'll just keep trying, you know, and it's always experimental when they when they do stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think they were hoping that they would get some kind of success before this big lull in the launches, though. Mm. And that didn't work out, which is like, if you're an engineer, it's like, fine, whatever. You, you just keep going. But from a PR perspective, it was not good timing, right? Right, right. I can see that for sure. All right. So I don't want to get too into, like, speculation because that's very quickly going to be boring and then nobody would find this conversation interesting because it would be wrong or right and it's fine but what what is the thing that you would like if you had your pick of a thing that they would announce on monday that would make you more confident in bfr bfs etc like what what is that item that you would hope for in your most favorite universe that you can create in your mind yeah. that you would hope for them to announce on Monday. what makes a really positive verge article on monday <laughs> there's you go. that's the question right there um i think i would need i would need some kind of i need more reassurance about how they're going to fund this development because remember they said it was going to be what 10 billion dollars to develop this rocket and i just don't believe that they're business is that lucrative, like from their NASA contracts and from launching satellites. I just don't, I think there's got to be some kind of other cash influx for this development work. And I, so, so a more, uh, a better understanding of like where, how they're going to to fund this. And then also maybe some like more details about their testing program for their Raptor engines and, you know, like when they're going to roll out new hardware and when we're going to see stuff like that, like a more detailed timeline of their testing process. I think that maybe is what I'm looking for. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. The, so the graphic that was released is much different than what we saw last yeah. time. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, <laughs> uh, it looks like that rocket ship at Disneyland. Like everyone else saw that, it right? It does. Wait, which one? Yeah, so we're on the East Coast, Jake. This is the very East Coast heavy thing. I don't know thing. if they have we just it. go to the real one that is Disney World. That's the real yeah, one. Yeah, what's the one in Disneyland? Yeah, nobody it's goes in there tomorrow. from this okay, side so of the world. Okay, so to be clear, Disneyland was first. Let's just get that on, on record for okay. the podcast. All right. To be clear, Disney World is the best. <laughs> That's 100% sure. <laughs> um, it has Epcot. It does have Epcot, yeah. Uh, no, Disneyland has, like, it's in Tomorrowland, and it's, like, this long, thin white rock with, like, three legs, and... It, it, it like kind of looks like a someone's gonna put it in the chat for me because I think I tweeted it. But yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like the TWA rocket. Like that's the the brand on it. But but the the kind of wings look like legs, and it's it's very similar. But 
I think the last time I went there, I tweeted a picture of it, and I was like, "Sorry, SpaceX, Disney did it first, but <laughs> no one thought it was funny." The the one thing I'm wondering, so like a couple of weeks ago, somebody was doing some talk where they talked about, uh, they stated that the the Leo payload of BFR was now down to a hundred ton a hundred tons, which was different than the 150 that we heard before. Right. So there's some sort of size change, and I'm wondering if the the engines are coming down to the size of the Raptor engine that they've already been testing because that's been like subscale for the last two revisions of BFR. And if this is a version of BFR that is actually the same size as the Raptor engine they've already been firing for thousands of seconds, does that make you believe it more that like okay, we've now successfully downgraded this rocket to the point where we do have a full-scale engine? Is that more confidence inspired. Yeah, actually. And you know what? I always was skeptical of this idea of making a huge ass rocket. Like I'm not a fan <laughs> of big rockets because I think it's, I think you can do more in space than most people realize. And people just aren't thinking that way. Like we, we aren't thinking of like in space manufacturing. We aren't thinking of like, you know, in space, you know, uh, what's the word, you know, piecing things together in space. I don't think we need to send a bunch of crap up in one piece to really do neat things in, you know, to the moon or Mars. So honestly, if they were like, actually, we learned out, we learned that we don't really need that big of a rocket. We can actually subscale. I think that would actually instill more confidence in, in this whole BFR endeavor to me. That's very classic, like project manager, right? Like ask for, ask for everything you want. And then through iteration, it'll like narrow down and refine and like get to the actual usable, sellable product. Right. 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 Some sort of MVP situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just like the thing that I've learned from talking with engineers is it's, it's not about how much you can put up in space at one time. It's about how much you can put up for a certain cost and how frequently you launch that rocket. So if so if scaling things down means that you can launch more frequently and that it costs less, then I think that's what's most that's the key metric that's going to make you more successful in your deep space endeavors. That's fair analysis. That's good. Uh, bang on. <laughs> <laughs> that's but I'm I'm uh, regurgitating what other people have told me. Don't that is that is not my uh, original analysis. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's 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 right. And even if it is regurgitated, like it just it's just if you take all the emotion out of it and just think about it rationally, of course that's how it has to happen. Like there is no market for a 190 ton payload. Like I just I don't know whatever number is. I can't even keep track of them anymore. But like there's no market for that. No one wants that. No one's like, oh, I can't wait for this rocket to go on because I have this payload that I've been wanting to launch for 40 years and no one's been able to take it. Like it's just not the way it is, right? Right. And when they originally announced, or well, okay, the second time they announced BFR, <laughs> the different version. 2017 um, BFR. Yeah. 2017 BFR. Um, I did a whole analysis of is there a market for this rocket and i believe i talked with some people i talked to was like you know a couple of launches of this would get all of the satellites up in a year that ever needed to be launched <laughs> ever. you know <laughs> and i don't know if you saw but there's been talk about how there's this downturn in geostationary satellites so it, it just doesn't going big just doesn't make 
so much sense. It makes more sense to me to kind of scale down. And then if you want to do more ambitious things, you know, launch things up in pieces and then, you know, piece things together in space if you need to. Even if it only costs you the fuel. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big selling feature, right? Yeah. Right. You only Here's how big it is, which is not true. Cause you wouldn't, fly in a 747 by yourself but i mean i would it would be pretty rad if somebody said you could do it i would it'd be a plane i could actually fit into <laughs> yeah, that yeah was lauren jake is very tall <laughs> i'm very short jake is very tall yeah that was the other thing it's like is this person going by themselves that doesn't seem right right like there's good they have somebody with them i was like like they're into our first passenger i'm like okay well it's probably like first customer and that customer may not be a person it might be like an organization and they're bringing like 20 people something like that right because mm -hmm. you know they're fast and loose with all the terminology right uh, i'm like gesticulating wildly here but yeah i didn't lauren is it is it you and this is actually the spacecraft season three episode <laughs> one <laughs> yes i am going we're taking our whole camera crew with us Gonna give you the full exper experiential piece about it. I mean, that is the end goal, right? Yeah, I mean, that would. I, Come on, you could be real here. Of course. There's like five people listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. I would love to take my camera crew into space. I think that would be the best season finale of any of any show ever. Is that it? Is that the last episode ever? Yeah. How do How do I? I think that's it, right? yeah like what would we do after that nothing would compare that's it yeah that's the end i mean i guess like moon mars yeah, you could if do I could like... go to the moon then i could right oh my god yeah can you imagine funding secured yeah <laughs> funding secured so we should talk about uh, spacecraft i would love to hear give us like the what's the elevator pitch for this new season so the first season I kind of considered it was just like a basic, what does it take to get to space? And I really wanted to show just how difficult it is to be trained to be an astronaut. You know, wearing spacesuits is not easy. Uh, the physical requirements are not easy. And I just laugh when people say it's like, oh, it's so we can just go to space. It's no big deal. I'm like, actually, you have a lot to learn <laughs> before you go <laughs> into space. Um, so this season is more about what it takes to live out of, you know, live off of Earth. So um, long duration missions to Mar Moon and Mars and the problems that are associated with that. So like having a medical emergency on route to the Moon or Mars. That honestly fascinates me because it's something that we've just never dealt with. But it's something that we're going to have to deal with when we do these like year long missions to the, to Mars. And I mean, what are you going to do? You have to be autonomous and you have to figure out how to solve these medical problems on your own because you can't really talk with anybody on earth. And that, that terrifies me. Uh, yeah. That looked like a super not stressful day for you. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did like, there was one moment in that episode when you were just like, what have I gotten myself into? And it was like my favorite moment because it's like, 
Lauren right now is every space nerd yeah. in this in this environment blinking red lights. There's a guy laying on the table. There's people freaking out. She's talking <laughs> to this mission control. Everything's going wrong. Basically, they they gave us very little prep. You know, they had like a rundown of what of the different scenarios we we're gonna do, and then we just kind of went with it. And so that was me being like, "Oh no, what have I done?" <laughs> I, I'm in it now. Here we go. <laughs> so what was I, I'm there's probably so many fun behind the scenes stories of season one and two. I'm not limiting this to season two. What what, what do you think were, is your favorite anecdote from all of the various situations in which you've gotten yourself into? You've been in various EVA suits. You've been in medical scenarios. Yeah. If you could go back and do one again, which one would you choose to put yourself into? So I think my favorite- don't say Hawaii because that's the easy. No, one. no, no. Actually, I think my favorite two to film were the vomit comet episodes, and then oh, um, that's, that's correct. And then, that's a correct answer. Uh, actually, I really love North Dakota, <laughs> which is where we got to try on the spacesuits because they were so relaxed about it. They were just like, yeah, you can put on, put it on, no problem. And it was just all about like, oh yeah, we'll just pull you out of the spacesuit, like. Uh, we'll take you out to this field and you can run around in it and no problem. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, it was just so relaxed and we had so much fun with it that that was just such a great shoot. Like I, I really loved that. But of course the vomit, the vomit comet was just, you know, classic. And if I recommend if anybody has the means to do it, do it. It's just such a fun, uh, I mean, it's short, but it's fun and you really get to experience what weightlessness feels like. And it just, it's so cool. <laughs> so, off, okay, can off you tell us about meetup? the other parts? <laughs> yeah, off nominal meetup at zero G. Yeah, it's that'll a, be cheap. You know, it's actually, I looked Listen, it up. Listen, man, once. Patreon isn't going that great. I looked it up once. It's actually, if you can get a, a group to like split it, it's. Was there a group on? There's no, a group no, on for zero G flights. Yeah, dude, like they market them everywhere. And so, like, <laughs> if you. If you get a big enough group, like, let's say you get 20 people and you split the cost, it is reasonable for like, like, you might spend more at super disney world whatever you have in, on that side of the <laughs> it's regular disney world yeah. <laughs> and amazing. you would definitely spend more money it's there. like such a it's a, the flight of a lifetime and i'm sure you can find friends who can who will lauren are you in for this again yeah sure of course let's do it we'll do jake it. how many people do we need okay you guys keep talking i'm gonna look up the price <laughs> 20 i'm counting we got three on skype and we've got about uh, I'm not super great at counting right now. That looks like 11 people. <laughs> so by my count, we're six people away here from the Groupon. Um, the, is that a Groupon? <laughs> sounds like you were pitching me a Groupon on this zero-G flight. Oh. But Lauren, I want to know, everybody always says zero-G flight, this is, the weightless part is super great. Can you tell me about the other half of the parabola? Oh, yeah, for sure. I actually really liked being in extra Gs. I don't know, it just kind of like felt like I was, it was, it was the intense, you know, part that you had to work through in order to get to the fun part. Nobody says this. Nobody says that. Nobody, everybody says, oh, zero G, super great, super great. No, I really liked it. It just felt like, oh yeah, here I am getting pressed down upon, like I'm ready to, to, to do it again. Granted, it, I did get, start to feel nauseous towards the end. Like when we, when they called the last parabola or whatever, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> this will be it. Yeah. yeah, but I really didn't. I, I just felt like it was kind of the, you know, the obstacle you had to get through. So it, it felt. Much, it's the boss battle. Yeah, exactly. It felt much more justified to get to the 
to the the zero G part. So I, I kind of liked it. Were you like, what what is that? Are you doing like, are you laying down or are you on your stomach? What's the, yeah, what's the situation? You're laying there? on your back and just kind of, you can imagine like a, a, a mattress, you know, somebody sitting on a mattress on top of you. That's how it felt. <laughs> Super regular scenario that I could imagine. Yeah, yes. you know, that's a weird place to go, but okay. <laughs> everybody kind of built it up as this moment. They're like, don't shake your head when you're in this scenario. Cause you'll get nauseous. And so I kind of like, did you do it? Yeah, of course I did. Cause, I Cause just, I, I, we're going to go take this back to Disney world for a second. I did that on mission space. Oh, you did. I love yes. Mission space. Such a good. Reference. Yeah. Jerry, you, you probably as based on your scenario, yeah. you probably turned your head during that mission space launch sequence right. as well. And so maybe I, sh- I was always so nervous about going on the vomit comet. Cause I really didn't want to throw up and I wanted to have a good experience, but I should have known that I did that ride. And I was totally fine. My mother was not good. <laughs> she was like, nope, can't handle this. So I think we just have different constitutions. Okay, so, yeah. hold on a second. Is mission I got a big problem with you equating mission space to literally being on a plane that's plummeting from the sky <laughs> to simulate weightlessness. This is a drastically different scenario. Is mission space the one where like you get into like the little shuttle craft and it like tosses you to the left and right? No, no it's, it's an actual it's centrifuge. It's a full centrifuge and you do experience extra G's to kind of like, and then they move you back and forth to experience, you know, landing on Mars and some crazy yeah. asteroid it's been a scenario while since I've actually the the three g's part of launch is legit the then you do like a three g i don't know why this turned into the mission space podcast but you do like a three g <laughs> launch and then i think they flip you real quick to make it feel like you went into zero g but you don't actually get zero g because it's a centrifuge after i feel all. like they just lean you forward I th- just like yeah, yeah like you're facing the ground at that point yeah Still rad. Would totally ride that ride again. Definitely getting a fast pass. Definitely. Hmm. You got to go to Disney World, Jake. I've been to Disney World. All right. We're definitely 100% next time that there's a launch that we're going to, we're doing off-nominal meetup at Epcot. I thought we discussed that this was not a good decision for our health. No, we discussed (laughs) that this was a good... Lauren, are you in for the off-nominal meetup at we're drinking around the world and then we're going to Mexico. Oh, I'm 100% Spurs. in. Actually, <laughs> cool. I really want... Not start in Mexico. It's, it's, it's always a bad decision to start in Mexico. Oh, I, I started in Mexico last. No, no. We've had this discussion on this podcast. You never start in Mexico. You're right. I got, I was like totally drunk Where's George? Like, exactly. You never start in Mexico. <laughs> oh, amateurs, you start in Canada. You're so right. You're so right. Ugh. We will get you on the right foot to start okay this is good no because then mexico is near mission space when you leave oh you're right it's on that same side Damn. how do you know this park so i lived in florida <laughs> for a couple you, of years well. <laughs> um no i really do want to go because i haven't experienced a launch like enjoyed one <laughs> without reporting on it since I think the last time I saw the shuttle launch. <laughs> I, hold on a second. We definitely both saw you at Falcon Heavy and you did look like you were enjoying no, it. I definitely times. enjoyed it, but you didn't see the all-nighter that we pulled to put that okay. video up. You know, what? That's a fair statement. We were sitting in the independent podcaster section, which was the back wall of that press room. Uh, Much okay. lower stakes back there. <laughs> She's like, I don't know where that is. Like, yeah, it's not a place. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> 
And we, some fun behind the scenes of that video, like basically we went back to hotel, my amazing videographers editing and going crazy. And then I got a, they were like, I think it was like midnight. They're like, okay, go take a nap. And then we'll need you to record at like two in the morning. And I get a call at two in the morning. They're like, okay, come downstairs. And they had created a makeshift sound booth in their closet, which was like draped, um, like a blanket and some chairs and stuff inside to just to kind of soundproof it. And so listen again, you're talking to independent podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> we are pros at recording closets. So, Look at Jake right now. Look right. This is my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the, the voiceover you hear is a very sleepy Lauren at two, three in the morning <laughs> in a closet. That's trying to sound as like, enthusiastic as possible. Um, but um, I, it turned out better than I could have ever imagined. So it, it, it reminds me of the the insight videos too, because that was like forgivably actually in the middle of the night, and so everyone just like said, you know, oh, we're just gonna go with it. We're just gonna make our our content, and everyone's gonna have sympathy for our tiredness. So everyone is like with coffee, like, right. uh, yeah, I'm here at uh, Vandenberg. It's really foggy. And Can't like, see anything. <laughs> I can barely hear anything. The funny thing is I'm so candid, and I think everyone was trying to be really optimistic about what had just happened to us. But it's like we all just came out to the middle of nowhere and didn't <laughs> see anything. <laughs> And I'm the one that's like, this sucked. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, it was fine. We could hear it in the fog. This is really loud. No, this was terrible. <laughs> cool yeah. mission, though. Very cool mission. You got to ride on that whole, like, C5. Was oh, it C5? Yeah. What was that? That was cool. I will admit that was very cool. Yeah, let's that's get into that a little bit. That was really cool. Tell us some stories. Yeah, so... um. Yeah, Lockheed reached out and asked if I wanted to ride with Insight from Colorado to Vandenberg. And I was like, yes, of course I would. Uh, <laughs> it was Listen, I was going to be in Disney at that point, Mission <laughs> Space, very short lines that a, time of the year. I have a dentist appointment. Um, actually, I was concerned that it was going to align with Falcon Heavy because they kept pushing back the launch. And I couldn't give them a clear answer because I was like, I'm sorry, but Falcon Heavy takes priority. And it worked out that Falcon Heavy launched, so I got to go. And um, yeah, it, they were. The, it was just so cool. Like I, I got on the uh, flight, and I was like, "Can I just go up to the cockpit?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> and so I got to like be in the cockpit, cockpit when they took off, and it was just incredible. Like, and and they were just so chill, and everybody was so relaxed about it. So it was, it was fun. Uh, that that's so where I did was you fly into jealous. for that. We flew into Vandenberg. Like you landed on that little airstrip. Yeah. Okay, that's that's freaking amazing. Yeah. What was great <laughs> though was um we were all in a bus, so Insight followed us while we got to um Buckley. That's the one in Denver. <laughs> yeah. And uh but yeah, so Insight was following us very slowly on the highway, and they had this like whole police escort. And at some point, we got a call where they said that the like the sign that said Insight had fallen off the box. <laughs> and I was like, "What does that mean? Are we okay?" And they're like, "No, it's fine. It just doesn't have the word Insight on it 
<laughs> We've got a major situation. Yeah. <laughs> the four people that have watched us in suburban Denver have, okay, <laughs> don't they, know what we're driving anymore. But that's like a like a total <laughs> foreshadowing of the launch, though. I know. That's like, a, don't worry. Uh, it's there. You can't see it, but it's there. <laughs> too accurate. So just listen for it. Just feel the ground. You'll you'll feel it coming. Yeah, it's all good. It's just a seismometer. Y'all, I felt so bad too. All the people that were with me had never seen a launch before. <laughs> I just I had talked it up so much. I was like, it's life changing. You're gonna love it. You're gonna tell all your friends. <laughs> and then sure did. <laughs> They're like, this lady that I work with, she told me that this is gonna be the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Oh, I felt so bad. The, the next time I go to a launch in California, I'm doing the whole like stay in LA and climb a mountain thing because that oh, that yeah. was the right that's the right way to watch a launch. I think there's all these pictures like, look how great Insight looked. I'm like, whoa, I didn't see any of this. Well, that's the other thing. We knew that the fog was going to be a problem, so we had different people stationed at different areas, and it still didn't work. So there's like apparently there's uh, someone gave us a longitude and latitude latitude of where to park our car on this hillside in in Lompoc or near Lompoc that was supposed to be a really good vantage point for seeing uh, the launch. And so we stationed one of our guys up there all by himself in the dark at like 3 a.m. And then the rest (laughs) of us went out to um, the gravel pit in Vandenberg Air Force Base, which I'm told is a lovely place to watch launches from. In fact, it's much better than Cape Canaveral. I wouldn't know. Anyway, so we had multiple people trying to capture this launch from different spots. And as soon as launch was over, we get a text from the guy who's up on the mountain. He's like, yeah, I didn't see anything. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it's just, it's funny. Like I can't, I don't have a bad experience because it's just so funny to think about and how hilarious, like hilariously bad it became. <laughs> the the early morning did not help it either because it was like all that hype of like shocking your body and being like, you have no sleep. It's dark. You don't know where you are, but it's going to be something fun. And then it was like, oh, my God, someone posted my picture of <laughs> of the box for insight without the (laughs) yeah that's exactly oh this is your photo oh this is inside the plane inside the plane okay so that podcast listeners i'm baking this the album art for this segment of the show yeah check it out while lauren explains what we're looking at (laughs) yeah so we're in the plane and this is the box that's carrying insight and there's a little black square and that's where the that's where the insight logo was supposed to be it was like i think it was like tacked on with velcro or something and it <laughs> fell off on the highway and so okay these these three guys that are in this photo are so over this <laughs> this right. guy this one dude's reading a book you can literally see the book in the photo yeah the other dude in the orange vest is probably tweeting i don't know what he's doing over there yeah. and then the other dude has got his hood up he's definitely taking a nap <laughs> I think one of those guys is Gary from Lockheed, who is my oh, tour guide. Um, I know Gary. Oh, you know Gary? Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I oh, know Gary. Gary from Lockheed. Yeah, Gary. That's, oh, everybody knows Gary from Lockheed. Actually, they do. <laughs> really? Like, he's that guy. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, I'm just some dude out here in Philadelphia. I have no connections to anything. You, old space. I got so to talk to Gary. <laughs> you got to go to Denver. Is this Gary? Kurt has posted a zoomed-in photo of the no, man in the orange vest. Is that Gary? Gary. No, that's Gary? No, that's not Gary. Okay. Gary, I think, is the one with the glass. Gary the one taking a nap? 
he's the one you can half see his face on the left. No, not Gary. It's not Gary. No, wait, no, this is a, Search this for is Gary. a different photo. <laughs> oh, wait, here we go. Yes, the zoomed in. Gary, who are you, Gary? Where have you been? <laughs> no, if you've got not. a LinkedIn URL now. No, that's not Gary. That's not Gary. Just, like, <laughs> stop talking about Gary. All right. <laughs> Gary, listen, Gary, you're our next guest. Email Jake at offnominal.space. Let him know you want to come on offnominal. Gary's great. Gary got me all the interviews for Insight. So yeah, you can, you can thank uh, Gary for, for that. All right, we're on the topic of Mars. Where's everybody at on this opportunity hot drama? Oh. Uh, I'm not optimistic. But I think that's just because NASA seems to have kind of hung up their hat on it, you know? And, I mean, there was... So that was the other thing. Another Lauren goes on vacation and misses all the news. Uh, (laughs) It was that Friday that NASA had released, or it was like the Thursday before Labor Day weekend, NASA had released the press release saying that they were going to do this campaign of 45 days of pinging. And then the next morning I got an email that was like, hey, some people think you should know that we think this is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I got that email too. And I was like all I was on on some vacation, so I actually had a had a very Lauren moment. Um, yeah. I was on vacation, so I I came out of the Alaskan brush with my phone and be like <laughs> opportunity. Um, but uh, so I was like all incensed with everybody else. But then I started. Um, I, I read, and this is oh, I'm going to give away my pick now. Okay, all right, early pick for for Jake Who today. Who gives a shit? Nobody's right. spoiler in picks here, man. It's a spoiled pick. Anyway, it's 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 the the uh, Planetary Society's update. They do a monthly update by AJS Rail on the Opportunity Rover, and uh, it goes through like the whole the whole other side of it, which was absent from the Twitter outcry, right? And it's actually kind of I was I was swung back the pen, my pendulum of of emotion swung back the other way, and now I'm like really have a lot of questions. Um, but like the whole forty five day thing was only like really screamed about in in context of spirit because they had what much longer but mm. spirit had this weird problem that opportunity doesn't have and anyway so it it kind of makes sense if you read the the article but uh so now now i don't know anymore now i have to, I have to do more research but quick editor's note as jake was explaining how he's feeling all right about this Lauren had very skeptical eyeballs. Right yeah, there. yeah. She was like, "I don't know about this guy anymore." That no, he's no. Telling me that everything's gonna be okay. I I see both sides, so I understand. I haven't obviously been working with the rover as much as the JPL engineers have, so I understand that they're very close to it and really want to save it. Yeah. But at the same time, things come to an end, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, opportunity lasted so much longer than we ever thought it would. So I don't think it's a necessarily a tragedy if we never hear from it again. Um, but I do understand that those that have been working with it should try that. I think they feel like they want to try every possible yeah. way of re-communicating with it that they can. And they don't think that this is enough. Um, I can't make that judgment call, you know, yeah. like I'm not a engineer <laughs> and I don't work for NASA. I think you're right in that, like, if it ends, it's not a tragedy. But what would be bad is if it ended prematurely when it didn't have to. Right? That's kind of the right. The and I think that's thing. what most people are arguing with this yeah. five-day uh, recovery. It's that 
maybe it's not enough and we could try longer. Um, so we'll see, you know, uh, I I don't know if things will change in the near future, but possible. Okay. (laughs) And pause. (laughs) Yeah. I got, I got no takes on, on, I'm just really sitting here wondering what Gary from Lockheed thinks. I think people, what is he, where's he at on it? You're, you're all right. It's Gary. Found him. <laughs> Who is Gary? Is our new yeah. calling cry here? Gary's like, listen, I'm I'm here when you the next rover. I'm that's gonna get really a call from Lockheed tomorrow. That's like, what are you saying about me? <laughs> You're not invited for our next our next transport yeah. of a Mars lander. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Okay, we have a little bit of time left. I want to talk about Russia very briefly. Can we talk oh, about Russia? Shit. Yes, oh, finally shit. We've been talking about this the whole time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that? I don't Listeners, know. I Anthony just did some sort of tribal dance. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I have I haven't really talked about Russia a lot, but I got some serious takes. <laughs> Please divulge. Are they hot? They're pretty hot. I think if if Russia, not even I think. Let me ask you you two a question. If we weren't beholden to Russia to get us to ISS, how many years ago would we have totally ditched Russia as a space partner? Ooh, very good question. I don't know. A I, lot. A lot of years. I, I don't, I don't I know don't if I buy that. I have totally ditched them. I want Russia to have no parts in building any part of the gateway if we're going to build the gateway. But it's like the one thread that we have of peaceful cooperation with them <laughs> at this point. Hold on, real quick. I was Everybody's requesting a hot drama alarm. Let me just quick... Real quick, take a quick pause. Hot drama. This is the hot drama alarm. This is an official hot drama alarm situation. (laughs) Russia, the country, uh, has had damn near zero space achievements that weren't kicked off in the Soviet era. You're right. No, you're right. And it's just been a very slow decline. And I, I do really, really, really feel like this whole... Drill situation plus the propaganda about like NASA's got a sick astronaut that wants to come home early. I kind of feel like this is the moment when it's like this is the straw that breaks the camel's back of like, listen, man, we got a major situation on our hands here. What I'm wondering is what is the motivation behind spreading this rumor? You know, why why does Russia resort to sabotage immediately? You know, because Dmitry Rogozin or whatever, he was the one that was condemning all these j- journalists, and he was the one that planted the seed of right, the right, right. sabotage story. But what's I, I guess I'm still struggling with the motivation of it, and is it just to immediately offset the um, blame to somebody else be- instead of one of their workers, or? I, I, and why jeopardize this relationship with NASA if they don't have to? I, I, I'm just kind of confused by the Well, whole. so commercial crew is months away from launching the first astronaut. Right. When that happens, there is no longer money exchanging hands from NASA to Roscosmos. And where we are today, a single astronaut seat to the ISS is about 5% of the Russian national space budget for a year. For a year. A single seat. So, 
you know, two flights a year, six months stays on the ISS, about 10% of the Russian national space budget. That's a big chunk, yeah. That's a lot of money that's going away next year. You know, because the, the barter seat, you know, between like, there's always going to be a NASA astronaut on Soyuz, there's always going to be a Russian astronaut on commercial crew. That's a zero funds exchange situation. So if commercial crew really does get off the ground next year, Russia is cut off from NASA funding. But that's... <sighs> Are you over? But I don't know how I don't but, know how sabotage saves that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm I mean, saying. It's like why? Right, would, right. Why would you kind of jeopardize the relationship if this is such a crucial funding avenue for you? Wouldn't you want to kind of sweet talk NASA to keep thing keep keep the opportunity flowing? You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, are are we just overthinking it? Like, is this just a case of there's a new head of Roscosmos and he doesn't want to look bad in front of his boss and he's right and he's always kind of been else. really really like heavy-handed with hey why don't NASA make a trampoline to get the astronaut size yeah. so he's always kind of been you know I guess and I, I know, also a loose cannon heard Russia is kind of that like this is their thing is to to blame sabotage for everything and like I've reported this is the first time that they were you know resorted to sabotage for spacecraft failures before like just kind of their thing is to sort of been about half a century yeah exactly so <laughs> uh maybe that's just what they do and it's just coming at a pivotal a pivotal a pivotal time thank you shiner <laughs> yeah. hey listen Anom- we're like 40 I- minutes in at this point anonymous yeah anonymous. Anom- <laughs> um it's coming at a pivotal time for the russian uh nasa relationship that could be it but it just seems very. I mean, it, it is it is pure embarrassment for Russia. Yeah, you know, and it's super embarrassing. Like, like that's where I, th- I think you might be over overthinking it. Is it like that is a bad look? All the other stuff they've had, like QA problems, and and that's like it's not good, but it's like well, we just we're running out of money, and that's just is what it is. But this is like someone maliciously like made the decision. To say I am more important than all the lives of the astronauts, <laughs> I'm just gonna put my bubble gum in here and cover it up with sticky tape and hope no one notices. Or like, like there's there's some super bad stuff in there if they. But but even it's not it's not like. So there's this Russian ISS module that's been talked about being launched for like a half a decade at this point. Right. And the most recent delay is, uh, like particulate in the fuel lines. Also, a recent delay that the SLS has had. So that one isn't really an issue that is like only Russia screws up like this. This one is is very directly like there's a direct line between this particular failure and Russian engineer is underpaid and worried about reporting an issue that would cost him or her his her his or her job. And that was a complex sentence for a couple of beers in at this point. Like there's a direct line between this issue and the state of Russian QA at, you know, various space contractors. I know. And, and I think that's the point that, did I fail out right there? Yeah, yeah you did. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody else is listening to me directly, so it's okay. <laughs> but there's a direct line between this failure and the issues that we've been seeing in Russian space engineering for the last couple of years. And maybe that alone is the source of like, I don't know, I still can't figure out. Lauren's right. Like, there's no reason to do this. If this went right, what is the end goal? Yeah, I don't know. The end goal think, is that he gets to keep his job. I guess. <sighs> but, like, 
I really. We're all just gonna sit here and go. Ugh. <laughs> I think my my best case scenario is that this is something that Russia does whenever something goes wrong. It's like their go to move is to not discount even the biggest of conspiracy theories, and so the conspiracy theories spread. And then, and 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 the main motivation is to make it so it's not their fault, and then it turns out to be their fault uh, in the end. And maybe they just try to stir up the pot in the meantime. I I really don't know. I I think it's it's maybe, and it could be just something as simple as to sow the seeds of dissent among the U.S. You know? Yeah. That's a real yeah. bummer. Yeah, but it's not, bummer. I mean, this is embarrassing for NASA because they've had to respond to it. Like, that's yeah, insane. Yeah. I did not think that they would actually come out and say anything. Uh, and then even uh, Drew Fusel at, at uh, the ISS had to say something about it in space. Like, he had to actually say, no, we did not drill a hole in, in our own spaceship. <laughs> Module. Okay, so the conference call between Dimitri and our good buddy JB. Yeah. So Brian has been you like, wanna, you want to you want to role play this out, Jake? <laughs> okay, but but my question is like JB has been like very like JB. By the way, Lauren, JB, Jason Davis came on this podcast and called started calling him JB, and now JB is our favorite term for I can't I can't unhear so anyway so JB has been like all over all the NASA centers I'm so excited about NASA flat I love Stanleyan. my job he's flat Stanleyan baby look at all these amazing at people Here that I work am. at NASA I'm so happy and cheerful do you think he got on this conference call and was like Dimitri I'm gonna take you for a ride right now and I want you to buckle up like you think do you think he do you think he was able to throw down no. you think you think he'll no 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 I think he got Liam Neeson's and he brought him in and he said I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are. And whatever that taken scene was, he just brought Liam Neeson's in for that quick scene. I don't know. I think I think I'm with the the silent JB like JB spreading by the way. <laughs> like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, like I think if I so here's the thing, he is so positive and upbeat and just seems like uh when I met him, he like looked me straight in the eye and he was like, "Your name's Lauren?" Okay. Great. You know, he was very attentive, you know? He's like, do you know, do you know Gary from Lockheed? <laughs> <laughs> so I think like he's, he just comes off as like your, your best friend or you're like your friend's dad, you know? Um, definitely friend's dad. Yeah. He's def- absolutely friend's oh, dad. My friend's dad. Yeah, for sure. Like I went over to my friend's house and he like gave us like popsicles or something. Um, <laughs> Icy's for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But so if imagine if your friend's dad was like, Anthony, I'm very disappointed. With you. <laughs> Wouldn't you be really upset? You think he was that calm? Because I'm picturing like, Dimitri, you need to cut your shit right now. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I hope he's like, like- I, I think I think friend's dad, when your friend's dad knows you really screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like it's like three thirty in the morning, and you're drunk, and he had to come pick you right, up. And he's like, "Right, this is not the time for." He's like, for I'm trivia. about to like, drop you off at home, and your mom's gonna notice this. Oh man, it's like this one time I was on Bourbon Street, and we were late <laughs> to get picked up by my uncle, and we got in the car, and he was just 
And my, my cousin, who's his, her, uh, his daughter, she was like, I'm so sorry, dad. And he was like, it's fine. And everyone in the car just kind of like, <laughs> we were like, oh, we know we screwed up. <laughs> it's totally fine. Everything's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Like Gary, Gary, everything's cool, man. <laughs> Do you work for Lockheed, by the way? I don't know if we've met before. <laughs> okay. So we're running out of time. I have a special new segment that I want to do. Oh, right. I forgot you had a segment, Jake. Yeah. It, but it's fast because it's called the lightning yeah. round. Okay. Lauren, we don't want to make you stay too long, but Jake has had this segment he told me about <laughs> weeks ago. Okay. I don't know what it is. He doesn't tell like, me anything gonna, about it. I'm going to get Lauren to do it. She'll, she's game. I know it. I know it. Okay. So the lightning round is I'm going to ask you 10 questions and you have to answer like, like your first, like you can't think about it. Oh my God, this is terrifying. Okay. Um, we can't do it at the same time because Skype ducking is pretty bad. No, no. So it's is just this for a back and forth situation? Oh, it's just, okay. So yeah, I'm, I don't care right, what it. you have to say about any of these Sweet. things. So, Good. I'm yeah. so glad we do a podcast together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, is a calibration question. It's an easy one. Okay. Just to make sure you can get kind of get loose, you know? Okay. So uh, your name your favorite Canadian space podcaster. Go. Canadian space podcaster. I mean, obviously, you're Canadian. <laughs> we are my that space Q guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! Did you freeze? He froze. He froze right as he Can't asked that question. Answer. Right. Look. Look at that guy. <laughs> there he is. He's back. He's back. Okay. I knew you were going to be good at this, so this is okay. this is good. Okay. So now we'll get into the real questions, and they're going to start easy. They're fun, but they get a little little tricky at the end. Okay. Oh. All right. Question two, favorite planet besides Earth? Oh, uh, Venus. False, Mars. Question three, uh, <laughs> dragonfly or Caesar? Dragonfly. The oh, all right, okay. I had high hopes, but I don't know. Uh, question four, favorite SLS block? Oh, <laughs> um, definitely the block 1B that we'll never see. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Exploration upper stage. Okay, question five. Favorite astronaut? Mm, Scott Kelly, because I've talked to him multiple times, and I think he's rad. Good, good. Favorite contract type, fixed or cost plus? <laughs> what the fuck? We're so down the weeds at this point. Um, come on, this is rude. Okay, fixed, obviously. <laughs> Unless it's Gary from Lockheed, then yeah, you're sorry, okay with Gary, cost plus. But- Gary, listen, it's we know the cost plus the, is the, the taxpayer. Yeah. It just depends, right? Like, J- JWST was not going to be on a fixed contract. But anyway, I digress. Right, okay, question seven. Uh, this is multiple choice. American astronauts will first fly on A, a SpaceX Dragon, B, a Boeing Starliner, C, an Orion spacecraft, or D, Virgin Galactic Spaceship Two. Oh. I got to go with dragon but you did not include there's a blue origin at man origin. yeah i think that might be the Jake, this is screwed up man what I'm do you not, got about what do you got I, against texas i'm not interested in that one i know they're going to be first i want to know the next one. Oh, <laughs> excuse us all right <laughs> question eight your favorite space reporter to cover a launch with oh, oh no. shit. this is so mean this is getting personal listen uh, nobody's I listening mean... this far into this thing <laughs> None of these people are. Anyway. Okay. Can I give multiple answers? Sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. sure. So I love 
obviously my spirit animal is Miriam Kramer from Mashable. Um, but I also love Robin Smingle, who is not, he was at Wired, um, but not anymore. But he, the, uh, well, the reason I love Robin is because like, I went to my first launch in a really long time and he was at the press office and he was like, oh, you're Lauren, I love your videos. And then he kind of just like took me under his wing for the rest of the launch and I just, that was really nice and special. So shout out to Robin. All right. There was literally no wrong answer to that question. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay, question nine. Your least favorite space reporter to cover a launch with. Oh my okay. gosh. Blink, blink twice if it's, <laughs> it's You've definitely been at a launch with both Jake and I, so this is yeah, going to be a disturbing answer. <laughs> okay, well, you guys are not the answer, but I can't answer this question. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gary. It's yeah. Gary from Lockheed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question 10. Favorite space conspiracy. Oh, the new solar observatory closure. Yes. New Mexico. What's going on with that? What is it? What is it? <laughs> Not aliens, apparently, but who knows what it is? I don't know. Apparently, I saw my. Okay. I Can I tell you something? Yeah. I was at, I told you before this, I was at a bowling alley, hip bowling alley here in Philadelphia. My father in law was there and he brought up this solar observatory thing. Oh, he did. So he knew about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I heard like that part. He was like, I heard it was some crazy. Oh no! Uh, both froze. Burp, you're back. Okay, you're back. I'll cut this part out of the podcast. <laughs> he said it was like, oh, I heard, I heard it was some sort of like crazy uh, laser DOD situation. Like there was a DOD laser telescope situation there. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know. Is this like an anti-satellite situation? I don't understand what's going on with this. It's probably not. It's probably totally fine. And it's some weird yeah. FBI postal office situation. But I do like the theory that I haven't heard before that it's a DOD laser installation. A DOD laser. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. It's fucking lasers, man. We were yeah. all we were all speculating like sun aliens. <laughs> I'm really about it. We've all speculated about aliens on Europa or Enceladus or on Mars, but when really we should have been looking at the sun. It's the best place to hide because we can't look at it. <laughs> okay, so that's your favorite space conspiracy. Uh, no, I think my favorite space conspiracy was that ULA shot the Falcon 9. <laughs> oh, the sniper. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, the sniper. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love the sniper. Not Zuma. Love- Zuma. We got a lot of questions in the chat from Zuma. Oh, yeah, Zuma. Uh, no, no the, the sniper one's way better. The sniper one's way better. Zuma, there wasn't really a conspiracy. It was more of just like you messed up, you know? We talking, we talking Northrop Grumman, Zuma? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, no, but, but the sniper one's better because it has like a conspiracy side and then it has a factual side where there's a SpaceX employee who like knocks on the front door and is like, yeah, uh, like can I go on your roof? Conspiracy. They actually considered it, which I think is amazing. It has just enough realism to be good. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gary from Lockheed opened the door was like, no, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Jake already did his pick. Should we get into picks? I did my pick. We're running long. We're running long. Lauren's Um, got sushi to order. I do, but I also have a pick. I brought a pick for this thing. Uh, It's Hulu's The First. Have you watched it yet? Oh, we're about to get into some stuff here. Wait, how how far have you gotten? 
I haven't I haven't gotten into anything. I, I got I got the screeners, so I'm Yeah, Jake I'm, has a storied history with this, this situation. Yeah. Oh, you do. Well, I watched the first two episodes, but I don't want to ruin it for you. So. Oh, hey, man. Did Listen, you, we got a spoiler warning. Everything's them? cool. Oh, no, we're, we're stuck. Uh, do I like it? I I like the... Whenever I watch a space show, there are always, like, bits of space nerdery that pop out at me, and so this show definitely has it. There are some things, though, where I'm like, wait, what? So they're launching out of New Orleans? I don't understand. <laughs> you would never launch out of New Orleans. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, I, it gets a little weird. To, like, the, It's about space, but it's kind of just like about, it's a drama, right? Yeah. Also, Sean Penn, it's like so many shirtless uh, <laughs> Sean Penn. And he's so jacked. He looks like he's about to burst out of his body. And it just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really does. Like, he really got it together for this, this yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it. We were like, do you think that the direction called for him to be shirtless so much or that Sean Penn was like, I think I should be shirtless for this scene? <laughs> They're like, man, you gotta wear you gotta wear a pressure suit for this scene. And he's like, I don't care. Yeah, he's like, no, I think I can handle it shirtless, totally fine. Well, there's there's like a whole like intense scene with his daughter where he's shirtless, and I'm like, do we think this was a good idea? <laughs> okay, but should I watch it? As somebody who has not yeah. received the screener, I'm not fancy. Yeah, yeah. you should. It's. I think they've definitely done their homework, and uh, I don't want to give it away. It's it's very obvious. There's a failure that happens and it and it definitely like gave me flashbacks to what it was like during columbia which is a very Ooh. difficult time for us uh, not to put a damp damper on things uh. but <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, no you're right though and like i i thought that the 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 show like the drama if you if you were just like don't care about space and you just want to watch a drama, it's actually like not bad. Like my wife likes it. And that's yeah. like my barometer. Like she's like, no, I want to, I can't wait for the next episode. She watched it with me. And she's like, I can't wait for the, for the episodes to catch up. Cause this is really cool. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. So. so, and then, and there's like little pieces, like when they do the failure, there's, they, they show a shot of like the room where they put all the pieces and they're trying to categorize the pieces, which is something that, you know, they do during failure scenarios. So there's like little pieces like that where you're like, ah, as a space nerd, you know, it speaks to you. But then there are also like, they changed the NASA logo, which I'm like, why'd you do that? <laughs> you didn't need to do that. Maybe they couldn't use it. No, they could probably use it for the show, right? Like, no, that's like the one part of NASA you're not allowed to re reproduce, right? What do you mean? You could do anything you want with it. We paid yeah. for it. You put it on shirts and hats and stuff. Jake didn't pay for it. Lauren and I paid for it. Yeah. I, I paid zero for it. But if you, you paid like, nothing for it. You're just you a grifter like, here. You're a meatball grifter. <laughs> NASA's like copyright things. Like, listen, every image we get from space, you just do whatever you want with it, but don't touch the logo. <laughs> no, you can do anything you want with the logo. No, man, it says. Yeah. No, dude, I print, I print we'll some shirts with some NASA on it. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I can't use it. Everyone, everyone, everyone what, are you, what are you getting? Everyone in the chat's like, Jake, you freeloader, Canadian. I have a shirt with the Canadian Space Agency that I bought. My, my and book's downstairs. I thought, it, I thought I had a book uh, that I was going to bring out. It's downstairs. I took the same, same approach. Though. I have a Canadian Space Agency cert, and it was like purchased at a place that was not a legit distributor of Space Agency apparel. But you know what? I paid for that, and I don't care. So. <laughs> 
Interesting. I wonder, you know, I've done, I did a whole story this week on like how space or how NASA does branding and how they or like how they would enter the commercial fold. And, uh, that's interesting because I know that Canada doesn't have the same restrictions or at least like their astronauts can do more commercial things than, than NASA can do. Hmm. I didn't know that. Well, at least <laughs> Chris Hadfield was able to sell his the astronaut his, his uh the his David Bowie song that he recorded in space. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> okay, what's your pick? My pick. So we had Jason Davis on a couple of months ago, two months ago, something like that, and he plugged a new project of his called Rocket Gut. Oh, I love it. I've been loving Rocket Gut. It's great. It's amazing. Like it was when he when he was on, it was I think they only had like two things posted and they've been posting stuff. Let me see. Let me hit the fresh content button, which is one of my favorite (laughs) website buttons. They've been posting (laughs) stuff quite a lot. Uh, I got a weird URL redirect there. It looks like they're weekly ish at this point. Okay, great. Um, but recently, I guess two two weeks ago, they did this piece about uh, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, which yeah. is the Spaceport America location. Totally. And it is, I would send everybody to this post specifically, um, not because it is incredibly depressing, though it is. Uh, there's a whole section in here where she gets in a hot spring, and then there's like a fentanyl package in the hot spring also. So there was like some very real America stuff in this um but it's it's a really 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 interesting piece about spaceport america and truth or consequences and all sorts of stuff that is i'm getting a weird situation on my mac right now everything's cool okay actually i mean i love jason i think he's great but i'm also pissed because i wanted to do a story about truth or consequences (laughs) well it's a very it's it's not a much of a travel destination for him no, definitely. But I I think we're going to do something, but I'm going to need to come up with a new angle because I really like yeah, I'm I'm very interested. I would love to talk to him about a little behind the scenes stuff because like they they clearly got access to Spaceport America and I really wonder how Spaceport America people thought this was going to go. Mm, yeah. Cuz <laughs> it's like not 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 a great great look. Oh, no, well. definitely not. But it, it's incredible. I love this piece, and the photography is fantastic. Uh, I would recommend reading this and keeping up on Rocket Gut because it's, I don't know, it's just, I, I've been really, really enjoying it. And the, like the, the art, art is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying the art's great. Yeah. And in this Truth or Consequences piece, he rode this, like, weird, uh, what was the machine called? It was like a G-Shock machine or something. It's just this he like sat in this basically roller coaster chair that was in this metal ball that spun around a bunch. Oh man. <laughs> it's very odd. I don't know. The whole piece is really, I think it just really imparts upon you how weird spaceport America is overall. And as somebody who is not a very large fan of Virgin Galactic to say the least, uh, it's pretty depressing, but it's worth a read. Yeah. I really do want to take a look at like the state of spaceports in America. Because I was, I mean, I was shocked to find that there are so many, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because you only really think of 
California and Virginia and Florida, but there are actually nearly a dozen certified spaceports in the U.S. And you're like, why? <laughs> New <laughs> one pretty recently too in Colorado. Yeah, and it's and then out near and, Gary. But they've admitted they don't have anything that can actually fly from there. So right. it's like, why even bother getting this the approval for it? I just think that's really interesting. You got to yeah, remember. You got to remember Camden Spaceport, who's Camden. championed by our by our good friend Laura. Yes, I do like Camden, though. I think they're they're super excited and into it. So I, I wish good things for them. That one actually makes a little bit of sense, though, because it's like not that different than Port Canaveral, right? Right. It's like it's on the coast. It makes good sense. Like they're pretty close to Florida on the Georgia border, so. Like they're kind of close to the, or they're closer to the equator than most places are in the U.S. Yeah. So, at least that would have some kind of reason to be there. <laughs> okay, we got a quick, quick break in here. Okay. So we have somebody in the the off nominal universe that is from New Mexico. We were talking about this National Solar Observatory situation, and. He posted this article to a local news story about a Belgian tourist found dead at White Sands National Monument. <laughs> that he's like, maybe this is related. <laughs> no. What is happening out there? I don't know. I don't know. I my initial thought was that some like bad person had showed up on the site and they were trying to like find that person. There's also a post office nearby. <laughs> well, Which, yeah why did the post office get it back well it makes sense because if it's a post office situation the fbi is instantly involved because that's federal oh, <laughs> oh what? okay so I, if somebody mailed say, okay if jake if hypothetically jake or some other foreign national mailed something weird into the u.s post <laughs> office the fbi would be involved immediately but then why the observatory because it's right next door i don't know all I have to say is that you guys, your news is way better than ours. <laughs> you have got the market cornered for weird news. We're killing yeah, it right now. It also like, gives us panic attacks and induces lots of anxiety. My news is like, hey, there's a new member of parliament who's running in a riding in your town, and it's not where he was from. So, <laughs> think about that uh, let's let's get on cbc and ask every other member of parliament what they think about that so <laughs> see on that for a little bit guys. pretty crazy oh man someone said we have florida enough said florida man florida man <laughs> i you know florida man i'm as far from florida as you can almost get like on yeah. this continent <laughs> that's accurate that's accurate <laughs> lauren all right where do you want to send people if they don't already know Lauren Grush. Oh, uh, oh. well, they should follow me at Lauren Grush <laughs> on Twitter, but it is L-O-R-E-N, not L-A-U-R-E-N. Not like those losers that are yeah, spelled. It's definitely there. a cooler way to spell Lauren. Uh, G-R-U-S-H, Crush with a G. Um, and then you can also find me at theverge.com slash science where I post regularly. And then also my Instagram, which is at Grush Crush. That's Crush with a G and then regular Crush. Yes, exactly. 
I think those are most of the places that. No, can... on which platform does Gary most make an appearance? <laughs> Gary is not on any platforms. Okay. I feel. Oh my god! Like, Man, I Gary. so want. I I need to know Gary. I don't know Gary. You two know Gary. I need to know Gary. Gary's a great guy, and that's all I want to say about. Can this. either of you hook me up with Gary? I can hook you up with Gary for okay. sure. I would love to talk to Gary. Gary is super nice. Actually, he just I'm wants to talk Gary about Lockhart. Yeah. He has a lot. Actually, Gary is like a font of knowledge when it comes to Lockheed history. So if you want to know anything about like, he actually told me this crazy story about how Lockheed was tasked to image the survivor site. You know, when survivor was big and cool and not like he's <laughs> 25. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> this is she's raining heat on survivor right now. <laughs> But yeah, apparently like some guy gave Lockheed a tip that was like, I know where the survivor is being filmed. And so they used one of their satellites to image the survivor, the location, and they found it like they were able to make out this, the tribal, God, I haven't ever watched survivor. What's the... <laughs> <laughs> Where's the place where they like boat people off? <laughs> The, the tribe has spoken situation. Yeah, the tribe has spoken. That area, they were able to image it and like find the camps and stuff. It's a good story. I'm totally ruined. It. <laughs> Gary for me is like, hey, what do you want to talk about? I'm like this. He's like, I have three people that are perfect for that, and he like, he's like the connector. He's like, all right, yeah. and you here, and you here. Here we go, a hero. That is my kind of PR person. It's where I can. I know I can reach out to them and they'll be back. With, they're like, yes, I know exactly what you need. Here are five different people that you can talk to. This episode might just have to be called Gary. It's definitely <laughs> going to be called Gary. Well, the next episode is going to have Gary on it. We're getting Gary yeah. on this one. <laughs> Gary on the show. Uh, Actually, I think that would be a really good episode. I've worked, no, <laughs> Lauren, there is no joke. You're on this episode oh for September. God, Lockheed is in the live chat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we're laughing because someone live chat who it was because they changed their name, but they changed their name to Gary from Lockheed. And now they're and now their logo is Insight. <laughs> oh my god. This is off the rails. We need to end this episode. We gotta hit the outro. One, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one, end of test.